Thank you, Linda. Morning, everybody. Hey, uh, this morning, our message is actually going to be on video uh, for this morning. Uh, our, past, our senior pastor, soon-to-be senior pastor, Nick Price, has a beautiful message for us this morning, this uh, second week on accountability, and I, I thought we would all be blessed by hearing it. So um, let's watch this. Well, allow me to add my word of welcome to you all. My name is Nick Price. I'm one of the pastors here at Trinity. And right now we are in week two of a series that we're calling A Rising Tide, a series in which we look at the role that accountability plays in the Christian life. And as I was thinking about the title of this series, I couldn't help but think about the way in which the early church ended up taking over the entire Roman Empire. You know, this is something that's puzzled many historians as they've looked at it. And, and honestly, at face value, it sounds kind of crazy. I mean, think about it for a moment. How did Christianity get its start? Well, it started as kind of a subset of the Jewish religion, which was already kind of a minority religion in the Roman world. And yet these Jewish people believed that their Messiah had come and that he wasn't just their savior. He was the savior of the entire world. But who that Messiah was was really quite shocking. They said that the Messiah, the savior of everyone, was a criminal who died on a cross. Furthermore, they said that three days later, he rose again from the dead and that because he is now risen, the kingdom of God has come, that there's a new world order, that there's a new path of salvation open, not just to those who are Jewish, but to all people. Furthermore, think about the early followers of Jesus. These weren't the religious elite. They weren't the intellectual elite. They weren't the economic elite. In fact, many of them were uneducated. Many of them were poor. They weren't people of influence. And yet, what's undeniable is that over the course of three centuries, this small group of people ended up multiplying and reaching people from every different ethnic and cultural and socioeconomic background. That they started to uh, reach not just the poor and the outcast and the marginalized, but also the elite and the educated. In fact, so quickly did this religion spread that it ended up over the course of three centuries overtaking the entire Roman world until the point that it ultimately became the official religion of the Roman Empire. How does something like that happen? How is it that such a small group of people had such a massive impact on the world? Well, the answer, I believe, is given to us in Acts chapter 2 where we find the very first description of the early church. And I want you to listen to what it says here. It tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That word devoted is a very important word uh, when you look at the scriptures. In fact, every time the word devoted is used, what it means is it means to completely give yourself over to something. To be devoted means that you lay everything down. And here what it's telling us is that they are devoted not just to the central message of their faith, but to the central fellowship of their faith. They had a different kind of community. 
And what follows in the rest of Acts chapter 2 is a description of just what that community is like. And one of the things that's just so astounding about this community is how it's unlike any other community that had ever been described before. One of the things that I find so interesting is how many times in just a few verses the word, toge- uh, the word together is used. It says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give, anyone, uh, to, give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Over and over and over again, together, together, together. It means that to be a Christian wasn't just a person who believed a certain set of truths, but a type of person who belonged to a certain kind of community. One in which they were devoted to each other in which they considered the fellowship, the community, as not just a a social club or a gathering, not just an hour or two out of their week, but as a family of faith. That's how they interacted with one another. That's how they lived together. And I think that that's so important when we think about this idea of accountability. Because to be accountable means that we're devoted to one another, that we actually trust one another, that we give one another access to each other's lives as we encourage each other, as we walk in faith, as we learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In fact, it was the radical nature of this community that was one of the things that many of the early opponents of Christianity often called out. In fact, there was a Greek philosopher named Lucian, and he was an opponent of the early church. And when he was writing about all the problems that he had with Christianity, this is one of the things that he said. He said that their founder taught them that they should be like brothers to one another. And therefore, they despise their own privacy and they view their possessions as common property. See, what he was highlighting there is that basically they were living in a way that was upsetting all of the other social norms in their society that day. You see, Roman society was a society that was highly stratified between the haves and the have-nots. That it was highly stratified between people of different cultures and languages and ethnic groups. And yet, what do we find when we look at the early church? A group that is so open and honest and authentic with one another that all these barriers and walls that the world around them erected were suddenly tumbling down and crumbling. And and Lucian was just like, they're upsetting the very fabric of our empire. In fact, in Acts 17, that's exactly what Paul is accused of, is he's accused of being one of those people who's turning the world upside down. Why? Not just because of their message, but because of their community because of their fellowship. And I would argue that that is something that is so desperately needed in our world today, is a type of community where all the divisions that we see in the society around us suddenly crumble in the face of a God who is himself love, grace, and mercy. They were devoted to one another because they were devoted to Jesus. You see, we live in a world where on the one hand, we have so much access to each other through things like social media, and yet there is a staggering level of superficiality in it all. I mean, honestly, when we look at people's uh, social media feeds, what are we seeing? Well, we're seeing a highly curated museum to the best parts of their lives. 
That's really what we're doing every time we post something on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or so on and so forth. But it's not real community. Not in the way it's being described here. To have this kind of fellowship means that we truly trust one another with our lives. We allow people in so that, yes, we're breaking bread in our homes. We're telling, sharing with one another honestly the prayer requests and the needs that we have and lifting those up. We're willing to give of what we have in order to meet the needs of those who have not. It was a very different kind of community and one that is just as important today as it was back then. That's why accountability is so important and so beautiful because it shows the world what human life is always intended to be. I mean, think about this. You go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and what do we find? We find the first man and the first woman sharing everything together. There's this beautiful line uh, in Genesis chapter 2 that says that the man and the woman that were together, they were naked, but they were unashamed. And yet, I think that we live in a world today where we're constantly trying to dress ourselves up and hide what's going on. In fact, the very first thing after they, they sin and they fall from grace, what do they do? They try to cover themselves up and to hide from each other and from God. But when we understand the grace of God in Jesus, suddenly those things that we hide behind all fade away. Why? Because we know that we're deeply known and that we're deeply loved by the God who made us. And more than that, he's given us the gift of a family where we can truly be ourselves. That's the beauty. That's the gift of accountability. That's the beauty and the gift of Christian communities. It's a healing. It's a healing for our hearts. It's a healing for our relationships. It's a healing for our community, which all the things that we would hide behind and all the barriers that we would erect between us and others suddenly fall away before the grace of the God who made us in his image and calls us to bear that image to one another in how we relate to each other. And, the, and, and when that beauty is embraced by a community, it has the power to change the world. That's what we saw in the story of the early church. That's what we see every time you look at the history of Christian missions, when, when suddenly the church suddenly takes root in a culture not imposed by imperialism or power, but when it truly and authentically begins to multiply. We see barriers come down, people who are outcasts welcomed in. In fact, that was one of the most beautiful things that I saw when I went to India before the pandemic hit, is I had a chance to see the church uh, at work on the ground. And what was so amazing in that society and culture where the caste system is everything, where over 80% of the population are actually considered to be low caste or even outside the caste system is that the church was the one place where everybody was welcomed in. So many stories of healing coming from people who had been told their entire lives that they were less than and not welcomed in. And yet when they encountered the church authentically living out this Acts 2 community, they encountered the love of God embodied and the relationships that they found in the Christians who were reaching out to them. We're called to do the same today. That's what accountability is really all about. It's not hiding from one another. It's trusting, entrusting ourselves to each other. It's being devoted to one another in a way that, that brings uh, encouragement and support, but then also speaks powerfully to the world around us about the beauty of who our God is. 
In fact, it's essential to spreading the gospel. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Central to the pro proclamation of the gospel was seeing that good news embodied in how Christians lived with one another. Well, how do we do that? What, what was at the heart of this community? What brought about such a radical change? Well, it was them recognizing that that's what God has done for us. That we have a God who wasn't content to allow the barrier between heaven and earth to remain standing. That wasn't uh, content to allow his holiness to separate him from those that he loved. Who wasn't content to remain on his throne but rather broke through the walls, took down the barriers, emptied himself of everything, and showed us just how devoted he was to us. He entered the world in Jesus Christ, as Paul says, he emptied himself of his glory. He humbled himself, taking on the very nature of a servant. And being found in human likeness, he was obedient even to death on a cross. Romans 5.8 says this is actually how we know God loves us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was willing to enter into this world to live in fellowship and community with us, to show us who he truly is. Throughout the New Testament, that's what the, the gospel writers and the epistle writers said over and over and over again, is that we have now seen God. We've beheld his glory. We've touched him. We've encountered him because our God was not a God who is content to hide behind anything, but rather made himself known to us in the person of Jesus. And when we realize that that's the kind of God that we follow, it changes everything about how we relate to one another. That's why accountability is actually a beautiful gift. It's a gift that we're called to embrace because in it we find life and support and encouragement and wholeness. We find a community that truly has our backs to the point where we're willing to, to give of what we have in order to make up for what others lack. That we find uh, open doors and, and, and places at tables as we're welcomed into each other's lives and grow together. And when the rest of the world sees that, it is a beautiful proclamation of the truth of what it is that we believe. Truly, I think it makes sense of what Jesus told his disciples when he said that uh, anybody who follows him has to take up their cross. He says, but whoever is willing to do that will not fail to receive so much more homes and families, brothers and sisters. Why? Because in his community, that's what we get. A new kind of fellowship grounded in the grace of our God. One in which we're devoted to one another out of love. And through those relationships, we get, begin to experience the goodness of the God that we follow. That's the kind of difference that the good news makes. That's the kind of rising tide that can change the world. You know, we have a world that's skeptical of the church. Why? Well, honestly, probably because we haven't been very accountable to each other. They look at the church and they see um, pastors who lived double-sided lives. They look at the church and they see infighting and bickering over small, pointless stuff, the color of carpets and the style of worship music. 
They see people who pr proclaim that they love God and love their neighbors and yet don't really know each other. The church desperately needs to reclaim this picture of what it means to be followers of Jesus. Desperately needs to reclaim this, this picture of what we find in Acts chapter 2 of what it means to be devoted to one another because when we do, not only does it bring joy and new life to us, but it speaks loudly to a world of superficiality about the life-transforming power and beauty that comes when we learn to follow the God who is willing to lay down everything for us in Christ Jesus and call us his own. So how do we apply this? What does it mean to take this seriously? Well, first and foremost, what are we hiding behind? Are there certain parts of our lives that we would consider off-limits? If so, maybe we haven't fully understood what it means to embrace accountability in a way that points us back to Jesus. Likewise, asking ourselves the question, am I somebody who's willing to serve unconditionally those around me? Do I approach my fellow Christians as somebody who's willing to devote myself to them, that they know that they can trust me because of the ways in which I lay down what I have in order to serve them? Are we the type of people who are worthy of such accountability because of the humility and the love that we show others around us? How we answer those two questions is important for understanding whether or not we've truly understood the grace and mercy of our God. Because when we do, what we realize is that here, we truly are family. And that in the lives that we live, we can paint a different kind of picture of what it means to be a people who serve unconditionally, are fully devoted to one another, and see the work of God as he reaches a world that is so desperate for a deeper kind of relationship. And it's toward that end that I'd like to pray. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we give you so much thanks that through your son Jesus, we are welcomed into your family. And Lord, we pray that we would never forget that. Help us to be a people who don't hide behind superficial things but rather who are willing to entrust ourselves to each other, to be devoted to one another in a way that speaks loudly to a world of division and brokenness. And Lord, in how we live together, may we proclaim that there truly is something called grace. Grace that we've received from you through Jesus Christ, who laid down everything for us. And Lord, we pray that through that, not only would the good news be proclaimed, but the world would be, ups, uh, be turned upside down as we as the church live on mission together. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.